think I'm going to do away with the intro. Like, we're just going to kind of just roll into a casual conversation. You know, not low energy, but just cash vibes. You know what I mean? Like, this is the Console Crusade podcast. And what that really means is just you and I having a conversation with each other. Like, a couple of bubs may do from time to time. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I exclusively do low energy. So I'm sipping on this coffee trying to trick myself into being more energetic. <laughs> That's your shtick. I, my friend, am sipping on little Knob Creek bourbon. That leftover? Nah, I hit the liquor store about uh, noon today. Got myself a little glass of uh, that Crater Lake stuff that John was sipping on at the beach, but this is the reserve. A little bit nicer. And what was his? His was just like the, the mass-produced stuff, I'm guessing? I don't know. I don't know how whiskey works. The reserve is aged a year longer. They just put it a, a different bottle and charge more for it. It's well, it's more potent. It's like ninety six proof. Why well, even get that high of a proof of whiskey? You know, whiskey's more of like a sip and liquor. Kind of want to top out at like eighty. I would think. I have honestly had much harsher whiskeys at a much lower alcohol content than this. Well, that's more about to do with like the ethanol content, right? Or the, like, there's different alcohols in the alcohol, and it's about. Those have different flavor profiles and everything. It's like getting really cheap vodka is like gross, super gross. There's right. a big difference between Grey Goose and HRD. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a vodka guy. That's for damn sure. But this is not nearly as smooth as the one that we were sipping on at the beach, which is disappointing. I was like, oh, the reserve is on sale. I'll try that. I imagine it'll be stronger and smoother, which sounds contradictory, but in my experience, not. But anyway, that's what I'm sipping on. It's good. It's tasty. And make for a good podcast. Just sipping neat. Yeah, well, I've got I've got the two neat, and then I've got me a, a little glass of Ezra Brooks with some ginger ale. Ooh, a little ginger ale. You know what I'm saying? Why am I talking? Did he like get this? you some uh, some whiskey stones? I've actually I've got a bag of them in uh, in the freezer, hmm. and you know I've used them, but I just I'm I'm a neat whiskey guy. Like that's how I've always preferred it. You ever use like a chilled glass or just everything straight lukewarm? Just straight room temp, my guy. I don't believe there is a proper way to drink whiskey. I'm not like a snob about it. It's whatever right. you like. The thing about ice for me, like I would rather just dilute it with some water. Like I don't want a giant ice cube that's going to like with time change what I'm drinking. At least with water, what you're drinking in the first sip is what you're drinking in the last sip. With ice, it just continually changes and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm either a neat or, you know, if you, if you prefer to Put a little cold water in there. That's fine. I won't. I won't hate you for it. You got to get one of those uh, the the charcoal activated water. <laughs> I don't live in Portland anymore. Okay, I'm not hip enough for that. You just drink your smart water. Listen, I, can I be honest with you, man? I only get the smart water because I love the bottle it comes in. You're a sucker for that big tall bottle. <laughs> brand allegiance, man, and I'm all about brand. No, that's not true. That's not true at all. But I'm a big sucker for for branding. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like, I get that. It's design. Yeah. That's the nicest bottle of water on the rack. For 40 cents more, you bet your ass I'm going to get the tall, skinny bottle with a nice label. It's, it's going down every time. What's the name of the other bottle of water that's also a similar form factor, but it's more just a cylinder? Like, it has the flat top cap, and they also have ones that are glass bottles. Voss? Is that Voss? Vo- yeah, Voss. It's pretty good marketing to them, and it looks pretty good. The glass vessel really confuses and intimidates me so <laughs> just yeah i mean knowing you and the way you put things down you're very likely to break it <laughs> yeah there's a middle ground for me where it's like i can't have an uncovered vessel and i don't want anything too breakable right the two ends of the spectrum i just need a nice non-breakable covered 
glass cup container of some kind for my liquids. How do you feel about metal water bottles? Do you have a, a preference or a distaste to them? I feel like that's kind of a, you're either, you either really like it or you really hate it. You know, historically, metal water bottles leave a lot to be desired as far as the user experience goes. You got to twist the top off, then the water tastes fucking weird because it's been in this aluminum cylinder and it's just so you are do you have an aversion to the taste then is what you're saying but here's the thing though in my years i have noticed that metal water bottles have come a long way like one of my buddy's ex-girlfriends left a hydro flask in my car and you bet she ain't getting that shit back i actually enjoy it my only issue with it is that it's got this twist off top that is not convenient for me they have different tops for uh, the hydro flask specifically like you can get the ones that have the the flip down straw it's just a, it's dependent on uh what you're using it for because like the hydro flask it's got, got the vacuum sealed like barrier so it keeps your hot drinks hot for super long same with your cold drinks so if you're doing like a tea you're not going to be sipping that out of a straw or like a hot coffee you know? right 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 no I, I get the multi-purpose nature so since you're more of a water boy you're just trying to try to be hydrated so you can buy different caps you can get them on amazon i'll have to take a look at that then because traditionally i i always use a just a plastic like 32 ounce bottle with there's a button in the back that just opens a mouthpiece right and it's just a little little cute little gate that flips down and and it's you know there's no twisting there's no turning there's no accidental spillage i used one for a while in between so what happened was my brand i had three of the same water bottles and eventually they all broke couldn't find any more anywhere so i transitioned to the same brand different top and the top was more like a it was just a, a circle and you hit a button in the back and the whole top flipped off like a like a fucking cask or something. I don't know. Just, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it just the whole yeah. thing flips up um, like a little trap door. And that was okay. Like, how was, the, how was the mouthpiece on that though? Because if it's too broad, then you got liquids dripping off the sides of your cheeks. You look like right. a sloven piece of crap. <laughs> right. No, it wasn't too wide. It was pretty pretty narrow mouthpiece. But what happened, and the day I officially retired it and the parking lot of the college I was going to was uh, I was getting out of my car and as I always do, I got my backpack, my passenger seat. I hop out my car and then I kind of lean back in and grab my backpack. I did that. Apparently knocked the water bottle on the door frame, slung it around my back and then bent over to pick something up or tie my shoe. The whole fucking lid came out and dumped the entire fucking bottle of water right i mean just all over my head and neck and down my shirt and you know this is as i'm heading to class and i just fucking took the thing and i chucked it in the parking lot and i left it there to die and i was the end of that you abandoned it in the parking lot yeah and then and then i ended up finding that brand of water bottle again at a target eventually found on amazon went through a few more and then most recently got a brand new one and left it at work and i know i left it at work and i see it at work every day in the same spot in the kitchen where somebody put it about six months ago, and it's still in the kitchen right there. And every day I think, ah, I should get that and wash it and start using it again. But for some reason, I find it more convenient for me to walk from the other side from my office to the kitchen to take, you know, 12 breaks a day to fill my plastic cup. So really, it's more of a convenience factor for me. It's like, well, I need to get water. I got to stay hydrated. Yeah, it's the convenience of you uh, taking more time to walk back and forth. I can respect that. I can respect that a lot. Yeah. Anyway, we're fucking, we're, we're already off the rails, but this is a preface to what's happening in this podcast, Nick, because <laughs> there's been no, virtually no video game news. You and I just spent a couple days at the beach together with the boys. 
Yeah, and we could have recorded there, but at the same time, we also couldn't have. We couldn't have. It was too much time, like you said, spending spending with the boys, and there was no way we could possibly get a three or four person podcast going. One mic at the beach with the drunken debauchery that was occurring. It would have been like a 10 times worse version of the podcast with Leaf and Drew. And listen, again, kudos if you got through that thing. Shout out to my boy, Kevin Gilgan. Go go check out Gilganizer on Twitter. It was fun, but it's not what I want to do every week. No, definitely not. And it was like, you know, maybe we could have gotten away with it on the, on the second night when there was a lull. You and Dre and I could have done it. But here's the thing. Nothing happened. We had nothing to talk about. <laughs> but we did play some games. You, you, you played a little Dark Souls and... You know, I played a little Mario Party with the boys. You know, it was good. So we're just kind of going to maybe just talk some shit here. It's, it's real casual. It's real casual this week. Yeah, I even brought my uh, SP with me to the beach and got to chip away a couple more hours at uh, Golden Sun Lost Age. Lost Age. That was my go-to for the car ride because on the way to the beach, my Switch was dead and also Dark Souls needed a patch. Mm. So I was compl- I was just sabotaged from the get-go. But you don't patch an SP game. <laughs> That's just this lives in the cartridge for better or worse. Listen, before the beach, I dug out my modded Game Boy Advance. It's so slick. The more I think about it, the more I wish I had that same exact mod. Except what I would want would be the additional lithium ion battery pack. Oh right, right. Inside the console. I know you're not really about that life, but the the longer I get in the tooth, the less I want to change AA batteries. No, I totally agree with you. It was just a, it was a price thing, and I'm very staunchly against aftermarket parts for the most part again i made an exception for things like the switch joy-con shell replacements those feel really good if again the shells are good if you're using the uh, oem buttons right and 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 pads and triggers and stuff with game boy parts when i when i initially did i did a couple versions of that mod um, and then i bought one uh, actually i bought two but if you're using aftermarket buttons it just feels like shit. Aftermarket case, anything. It's garbage. Yeah, that's my b- biggest like drawback to wanting the the wide format Game Boy Advance is that it's got the squishy buttons, and I love the clicky buttons on the SP, dude. No, sir, I agree with you. The buttons on the SP are much nicer, but the original Game Boy Advance, if it's in nice condition and it's all original manufacturer parts, they, they're not mushy. It's a different tactile response. It's definitely mushy in comparison to... The way the SP works. And it's just a different mechanism too where I don't know if you've ever broken up. Like you saw on the Joy-Cons too. But with the clicky buttons, the actual... It's not a contact on the back of the plastic button that pushes against the board. It's just an all-in-one like... It's almost like bubble tape right on, on the board itself that the button pushes into and activates. It's just a different kind of mechanism. I don't know what the, the failure rate for that is, but... I mean, I just love the clicky buttons. That's why I like the original DS more than the DS Lite. In addition to the form factor, just feeling more comfortable in my hands. But I wish I could get the best of both worlds where you get the wide set Game Boy Advance where my fingers aren't interlocking and my like pinky goes th- numb because I'm stupid and I put my arms <laughs> right. in a way like a T-Rex playing Game Boy. Right. But then also get the clicky buttons. That would be ideal for me. And that glass screen. You got the glass screen, right? Oh, of course. Beautiful. <sighs> that's boy. That's really gorgeous. When I think of mushy, I think of something that doesn't have good travel or response. I agree with you that the buttons are, they are softer, but they still have really good feedback. Like like when you depress them and they come back to you, the response is good. It still feels good if they're like, if you have fresh pads. Once it gets worn down where it's like the, the SP, once it gets worn down, it's still clicky. You, like you said, I think it depends mostly on the travel distance. Like I feel like Game Boys and Game Boy Advances have never felt like they were mushy per se. 
It's just that they're squishy as opposed to clicky. Sure. But I think the SNES, you've had more problems with SNES gamepads feeling mushier as they degrade. And oh, I yeah. feel like the travel distance on those are to the point where I don't really notice it. Like I, I kind of see, like I, I feel it in the D-pad, but not necessarily in the buttons. As long as there's a clear delineation about whether or not it's actually pressed or not activated, then it's not too bad for me. I tell you, man, I replaced the pads on one of my Super Nintendo controllers, and it was amazing. You didn't like it. I remember you not liking it. Yeah, it was, st- it was stiff. I'm sure once it was worn in, it'd be like just like having an old school you know, Super Nintendo controller, which obviously I haven't had a new Super Nintendo controller since I got my Super Nintendo in 1994 or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> just those 8-bit dough controllers, which seem like a really good facsimile. Like earlier I said, I am very was very strict about making sure that my modded Game Boy Advance was strictly original parts from an original Game Boy Advance mm. outside of the the backlight, right? And so that's what I have. Finally, I like I said, I, I modded a few different versions, buying some different parts out of eBay. I bought some on eBay, like complete you models. Uh, you didn't use a 101 screen? No, there is a 101 screen, yes. Okay, so what do you mean by the backlight then? No, I'm saying the backlight's the only part of the Game Boy Advance that is not an original part from the original Game Boy Advance. Okay, okay. Whereas before I had I had different buttons, different pads, different shells, different types of screens. Of course, the glass screen's also not original, but it's much nicer. I don't know how widely this, this is just anecdotal, but my uh, Game Boy Advance SP, the shell is not OEM, it's aftermarket. Same with the buttons, but all of the important parts are on the board itself. So like the activation is the exact same. So no problems there. I also modded out my Game Boy Advance SP modded. I swapped the shell because, uh, you know, I got some some 101 at a garage sale, which just beat the shit. And I swapped the shell out for something slick and, and brand new. And that was all and fine. What's weird is the, the OEM shells are worse than the aftermarket ones in a lot of ways because the OEM shells are all painted. And a lot of the aftermarket ones are like a black plastic all the way through or a red plastic all the way through. So if it gets scratched, it's not going to be super noticeable. Right. And again, I, I, I use the original buttons, the original pads with the original board and all that. So it's still, it's like, you can't tell the shell is, is not original. It even comes with a little sticker on the back. So unless you know what you're looking for, it, it looks like it's straight out of the box. And if you're super anal, you could even do like a, a heat gun or a, a hair dryer to peel off your old sticker and then oh, yeah. apply it. That's that's a step too far. I don't care that much. Like I, I just want it to look Who nice. Are you trying to fool? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I don't need to de- deceive anybody. This is there for the tactile response because that sticker's got a different texture than the right? rest of the case. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, I brought I bring that up just because you know when I was doing these mods, it was it was five years ago. It was 2013, 2014 that I was doing a lot of this. Now there are companies that will do this for you, and they have some really cool mods where it's not just the screen replacement and the glass screen. As opposed to the plastic, but also, yeah, the, the battery pack and... The stereo sound. The stereo sound mod, because the sound on the Game Boy Advance sucks. It's fuzzy, it's crackly, you can't listen with headphones. Well, the sound sucks, but the, the speaker sucks also. I mean, that's right. two different things. But it compounds to make it sound even worse when you're playing it handheld. Right. And the SP doesn't even have a headphone jack. They were the brave ones before Apple was. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> bringing in a new era. It's the output the mod then the speaker module itself that you can't even use headphones because it's so fuzzy and crackly even with headphones it's just useless so i kind of want to look at getting uh, a new game boy advance or further modding the one i have just because i'm so happy with the one i have already but they also do one where they have like a there's like an actuator i'm not sure if that's the right word on the on the board and if you solder the power right you get the brighter 101 setting which mm-hmm. by default 
and with the standard setup with the ribbon cable and everything, you can't do that. You get the dimmer setting, which is still oh, really infinitely better than, than not having it. But, and I tried to do this back in the days. I tried soldering it to the, to the other contact point and messing with that actuator and tried to dial in the second brightness setting, but something about the power, I don't know enough about electronics and all that to know why it doesn't work. But now there are like ribbon adapters for that motherboard that let you do that. Right. Um, and choose the higher brightness setting if you, if you want. So I'm looking at maybe doing, did you hear that? That little car go by? Fuck. That was the loudest car that's ever gone by my office. Jesus. But anyway, so I, I, I say all this because Nick, maybe, maybe this will be, maybe this will be a little something we look into down the road here. Maybe I'll, I'll treat myself for Christmas and maybe I'll treat a little, little co-host of mine for Christmas. You know what I'm saying? I mean, no, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> uh, I've also honestly considered, like, I really want a Game Boy Micro. Yeah, I know. You've been talking about that. I cannot imagine that being a good experience with you and your giant meat mitts. I, you know? <laughs> meat mitts. I have you're fucking like huge hands. Game Boy with wearing baseball gloves. You know, but here's the thing, though. Like, when it comes to computer mice, I have always preferred very tiny mice. Because I have like a, just a weird grip. And obviously a Game Boy and the form factor of a handheld gaming device is so much different than what you do when you're using a computer mouse. But it's just because it's small doesn't mean that it won't be compatible. It just depends on the form factor and how it's being used. The SP is too narrow. The Game Boy Micro, I imagine, is a little bit wider than the original SP. No way. I, I feel like the Game Boy Micro is the same width as the SP. It just has a smaller screen. I mean, it does have a smaller like the screen. The screen size is like two-thirds the size of the standard Game Boy Advance screen. So you get that nice pixel density. I think you just get a wider array of, array of brightnesses. I think it also it does have a, a higher max brightness. So you can play that thing like in sunlight and the screen will blind you more than the sun would. I think I, I, this is, I'm talking on my butt here, but I think it also does away with the ghosting that the original or the 101 screen has. It does have really yeah, they, bad they ghosting. Yeah, they diminish that with each iteration. Like the original um, SP had less ghosting than the... 001, I think the original AGB numbering was. But I think part of what makes playing on the Game Boy Advance great is the ghosting. I think that a lot of games were designed with that in mind. Yeah. Like especially on the game, the original Game Boy that was used as like a, a transparency effect as they would flicker between two different interlacing kind of grids so you could get like water effects that way. And I just, I like the ghosting. I think it's a, a feature, not a bug. Isn't it? Isn't it strange where it's it's definitely... Because it's only present in the backlit model, and it's because of the type of screen they're using. But when you're playing it, it almost does sort of. It's it's so my it's it's so minor. It's not like ghosting like a really shitty computer monitor or something. It's so subtle. It really does seem like it's just like a, a smoothing effect. It's really authentic, and it's even even the uh, the way the pixels are laid out because there's a pretty like noticeable screen door effect on the the screen where the pixel distance from each other is higher than what you're used to with a computer monitor or especially right. like something super dense like your phone but that adds to it i think that's something that i even try to get when i'm like emulating on a computer is that's why you do the crt filters because it, it pretends like it adds that gap to the pixels and that's like what the original experience is all about isn't it funny what we forgive or even expect or even desire when we're talking about retro gaming and and some of these older experiences where it's you know today it'd be totally unforgivable and understandably so but when you go back 
and again, it's like we could play a perfect version of this, right? Where it's I could play a pixel perfect version when on the SNES Classic or on the on the Switch Online NES games. It can we can play pixel perfect, but it's like I don't want that. I want it to be as closely related to the original experience, not just what I remember, but again, what these developers intended because they they took these things into account when developing. There are plenty of games from the NES and Super Nintendo era that specifically they designed their sprites with interlacing of home televisions. Like they, they took that into account when designing the pixel art. So when you're playing it pixel perfect, you are not getting what those designers originally intended, which is kind of trippy to think about. Totally. I mean, that was the only good thing about the the Wii U gamepad was that it was had such a crappy LCD inside of it that it it playing the old like Game Boy Advance games on there and virtual console was like so close to the original experience that it was like, that was super nice. I remember playing through Fusion on my Wii U just a few years ago. Oh, the Wii U. Rip in peace, my friend. I played the Wii U. I'm trying to think. Probably more still to this point than I have my Switch. Maybe not quite. Maybe I play my Switch more because I went pretty hard on Zelda and I went pretty hard on Skyrim and I went pretty hard on, you know, Mario Kart and Mario Odyssey. Uh, Mario Odyssey I beat, yeah. So I probably play my Switch more at this point, but my Wii U was really consistent for me from like 2014 to 20, probably the beginning of 2016. It was a good two years where it was like, that's pretty much all I played that and PC. Yeah, it was a, it was a good purchase for me, especially since the two years that I was playing it the most were the two years that I was living with like five other people. Oh yeah. So, perfect. And that's a, that's a party game machine. So spent a lot of time playing smash bros and Mario Kart. That was the one thing I missed from our beach trip this weekend, man. It's the first year we haven't had smash bros five years with the boys you gotta blame gotta blame legs dude my fucking brother that piece of shit <laughs> i listen i was packing the night before before i left on fucking wednesday night and i call him and say hey can you bring the wii u because mine mine was all disconnected and the cables were in one spot and the game was in one spot and the, it was just like i know he knows where it's at at his place right at his place the motherfucker lives with my parents and my nine-year-old brother their uh, place yeah their place so I, I was like hey can you bring it he said, yeah, yeah, I'll bring it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. I said, now bring your controllers. I only have, I have one adapter. I've got four controllers and a wave bird. Bring X, Y, and Z. Okay, we worked it all out. I'm at the goddamn beach Thursday by 6 o'clock. A fucker texts me Friday at 9, right after he leaves. Right after he leaves Portland. And he says, yeah, so I didn't bring the Wii U because Daniel, Daniel's the nine-year-old. Daniel has it hooked up right now. And I was like, Daniel doesn't have shit because he's nine. <laughs> It's not his, nor did he hook it up, nor does he play it, because it's the current year, and he has a Switch and a DS and an iPad and a fucking whatever. So I said, unhook the damn thing so we can play Smash Bros. And not a response. He shows up, doesn't even fucking mention it. I'm like, dude, are you serious? This is the first year. And how long that we all didn't just congregate around the TV and just yell at each other playing Smash Bros. Instead, we congregate around the TV yelling at basketball the whole weekend. Okay. I'm not I really mean, complaining. are you complaining? No. You, you watch two basketball games at the same time. Dude, we had two TVs going. We're at the beach, right? This is this is <laughs> a byproduct of of getting a beach house that is it, it's driving distance from the beach. It's, you can't just walk down. You have to take a carload of people down, find public parking, and then trek down to the beach. So instead, we just have a beautiful view and a really nice house. And we get the TVs going, and we drink some alcohol, and we fucking eat some shitty food, and it's a Grand old time. I have zero complaints. Yeah, that's a great vacation, dude. I'm at a point, Nick. We're adults, okay? We can do we can do this twice a year if we want to. I'm at a point where once a year is not enough. Like, we need a summer trip and a winter trip. 
right? <laughs> like, I mean, this wasn't a summer trip, so what's next? Spring trip? This year was a little... Just my summer was crazy with work, and it, it, honestly, I was like, I just don't know if the beach is going to happen this year. And then I thought to myself, I was like, man... It has to happen. It has to happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's got, got to a point where, you know, I don't see John... I see him a few times a year. I see Max even less now. Like, I see you. I see you every time I come back to Portland. You're my go-to boy. But, you know, it's like... All reliable. <laughs> right? It's like, like who am I going to eat Thai food with if not Nick? Right? Who am I going to talk video games with if not Nick? Who's going to get spicy fried basil rice with you? Dude, you're my guy. But anyway, I was just like, you know, the beach is... It's an institution at this point. Half a decade running. We all get to see each other. Literally... Some of those guys only see some of the other guys once a year, and that's at the beach. <laughs> it's like, all right, the beach has to happen, even if it is the end of fucking October. Anyway, it happened. It was great. But you know what? One of the games that I played at the beach, Nick, that I want to talk about before you uh, jump into Dark Souls is Mario Party. And let me tell you, Mario Party is a game I have never played. I played one round of it on the Wii U, but by all accounts, that was not a proper Mario Party game, or a good one at right. least. Right. Highly derided. <laughs> yeah, so I, I had never played... N64 or GameCube or anything. So this is really my first experience. Dude, fuck that game so hard. In multiple ways. Okay? Part of my issue with it is probably because I didn't really know what I was doing and I was jumping into a game that everyone I was playing with has been playing. They knew the board. They knew the strategies. They knew the best characters, the best allies, the fucking whatever. So I was totally blind. I'm just like, higher roll is better, right? You get It's like Monopoly. The further you go, the better you do. That's not true. There are diverging paths, and you kind of have to know the board and know what the the whole point is and where you need to get to, and it's, it's ever-changing. You know, the point of Mario Party, right, is to have the most stars at the end of the game. Well, I mean, sure. <laughs> sure. The point of the game is to beat your friends and rub it in their faces. The point of the game is to have something to do while you're playing mini games. in my opinion, you know? Okay. So I'd be curious then to know how involved the mini games were in prior iterations, because this, I, I felt was about 75% just watching other people roll a, a, a die, and then rolling your own die, and moving on a game board, right? 25% of the time was actually playing minigames that really weren't that good and were very, very short. Like, I feel like that was very ancillary to the whole experience, and I was kind of disappointed with that. There was a point, I mean, I just checked out and was on my phone until someone yelled at me that A, it was my turn, or B, there's a minigame. Like I, I, felt, I was, I was a little let down by that. It felt like that was not the primary component of this experience. In my experience, that's like, that's the main game mode. But from what I've seen of this game, there's different modes. Like there's a two v two kind of team up mode that's a little bit less about you know like rolling a dice and moving around a board and more more about strategically placing your characters because it's on a it's just on a grid, right? And the grid populates with different like power ups and items, and it's more about just like, okay, you go over here, then I'll go over here, and then we can steal their item and do the thing. And then it's, you know, the mini games again. There's also like mini game, like basically like boss rush modes, but with mini games. Hmm. I don't know. But in my experience, it's just about the chaos and the pure. It's a party game, like a pure and simple party game. If you're trying to win at Mario Party, you've already lost. That seems to be a running theme for Nintendo games, I feel like. Uh, so I guess. I mean, they do competitive games. I mean, Smash Bros. is more competitive, but it's also a party game. You know, it depends on if you play with items and you're playing timed, you're playing coin battle, or if you're playing, you know, stock 1v1, Fox's only Final Destination, right? All right. That gives you a little bit more leeway, or like Splatoon is, by all means, a 
pick up and play kind of easy online experience, but you can play in the ranked modes and the the more competitive stuff and really get that itch scratch if that's what you're seeking. I won't let you totally besmirch Nintendo in that aspect. <laughs> okay. Because honestly, the only platform holder that really makes competitive games is Microsoft and look how well it's doing for them. Look how great Gears is now and Halo is now. Everyone really loves those games, right? Fair. Fair. I also had that experience with the Jackbox games we played this weekend. You know, the Jackbox games are really only as good as the group you're playing with. Oh, yeah, definitely. Not just how invested they are, but also, like, do they grasp the point of the game? It's a platform for which people are playing to an audience. And if you don't know your audience or if you're trying to appeal to one audience over another, then this is not going to land as well. It's going to, you know, devolve into lol so random dick jokes and if that's not what you're into then it's going to be you're not going to be served in that way it's not even just like is that what i'm into it's like someone who doesn't get the point of the game they just put lol dick balls or i don't fucking know as an answer it's like like what's the goddamn point of this it just it kind of takes the wind out of your sails especially when you're when you're used to really good play groups who get the point of the game but who also understand the people they're playing with and there's like this perfect confluence of elements that go into like just having a really good time and laughing while also playing within the confines of what the game is presenting. Whereas like draw fill is just like, oh, I'm just going to draw penises. Ha ha. That's a penis. You win. Like, that's just like, that's not fun. And if it's fun for them, that's cool, but it's so not cool for me. And that's why, you know, we had a moment we were playing where I totally kind of checked out and Max thought it was because I got roasted on one of the answers. That's not true. I've been roasted so much worse before. It's funny. It's okay getting roasted. I just was like, uh, it's just not very fun. And then I checked out and everyone got mad that I checked out, Nick. Well, yeah, because you then compounded onto the problem, which, you know, if, if some people get like bad prompts and they don't know what to do with it, then like that's bad enough. But then when one person isn't voting on literally any of the answers, you became the face of that problem. So, of course, everyone's going to zero in on you. I zeroed in on you, too, because I knew you were checked out. And I knew you were grumpy, but you still continue to play. And that's I think you got disconnected because you weren't voting anymore. And Jackbox decided to kick you out. Yeah, finally. You know, what happened was I completely closed my browser. I, I thought like by doing that, I would leave the game. And I wasn't I was just like, I'm going to go back to just browse my phone and watching the Laker game. You should have told me that you're that you didn't want to play anymore. We could have like started a new game without you, and then it wouldn't have been. Well, that's what I was gonna bad. say. Is you guys were yelling at me for like four rounds, and I'm like, dude, I'm not fucking playing. Like, I why did why do y'all keep pressing the same player? But then I got back into it at the end. It's so whatever. It worked out. Everyone had a good time. And you weren't not playing. Every time you got the new round started, you would answer your prompts. <laughs> I so bet you were you were playing. You just weren't. You're just being selfish. Really, that's what that boiled down to. Okay, fair enough. So you should have said something. I didn't know if you're actually being an obstinate asshole or if you literally didn't want to play because you're sending mixed signals in that regard. Well, you guys would yell at me, so I'd be like, fine, I'll fucking put my answer in. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm done playing. I didn't realize you guys had to wait for the timer to count down because I wasn't voting. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we got the full, like, way too, way too long, yeah. Uh, listen, everyone had a good time. At least I hope so. Everyone seemed to have a good time. So yeah, I mean, no complaints. I feel like that's a, a common theme with party games is that you don't stop playing a party game when everyone's still having fun. You stop playing the party game after everyone's burnt out. Right. So you start strong and then it just totally devolves. It was funny because I still ended up winning despite completely checking out. 
And that's exactly what I'm talking about. And you're like, you know, the you, game's not about winning. The game's about right. being funny and having fun and laughing. I had fun and I laughed. It looked like you were having fun. It looked like you were scrolling through NBA Twitter. I was. Checking up on a fight. That was a good Instead fight. Of, you know, participating in the game that you had a social contract to participate in. At any point, you could have booted me out. I don't you, think I could. But you didn't. Jackbox did. Well, no, what happened was I tried to join back. They didn't kick me out. Like, I, you know, I closed my browser. And so the Jackbox still thought I was in the game, but when I joined from a new, you know, new browser, new whatever, it put me in the audience. So I was in the game and in the audience. Like, what the fuck was that? So that was fun. I don't know. But yeah, it was it was mostly fine. I wish that we would have been in a group that enjoyed uh, Fibbage more because I still really, really like Fibbage, but it's more, you have to be more dedicated to the premise as opposed to Quiplash where they give you, they do a lot of the work for you and you just have to say something funny. Right. And then I like Drawful a lot because it combines the two. It gives a, your audience interaction is a lot more involved than just the person drawing and then deciding between two options, you know? This is an interesting beach trip because, again, normally we have like one console and we're all playing everything together. Whereas this is the first year that we went that everybody had a Switch. Yeah, there were a lot of Switches there. I think there were six. Cody had a Switch. My brother had a Switch. You, me, fucking mitch andrew and max the seven switches a lot of switches and so (laughs) whether we were playing games together or or not like everyone kind of did their own thing at one point you know i've got a picture of you guys just lined up on the dining room table all playing your switches simultaneously but independently of each other and you're just like just a couple of boys hanging out together playing some dark souls yeah it's a land party without all the the cords yeah, I mean, it's, and the Switch is fucking wonderful for that reason. But you guys have been playing Dark Souls, came out last week. Mm-hmm. You guys all bought it day of, uh, drove out to the beach, and then had to try to connect to the shitty Wi-Fi to download the day one update. Give me, give me a little breakdown on kind of your experience having already played the original Dark Souls, beaten the original Dark Souls. No, you've only beaten three. You haven't beaten one. I've beaten three. I've gotten to the bed of chaos in uh, Dark Souls 1, which was... If, if, if you play the game, then you would know how far that is. But basically, the game's broken up into a few different acts. I don't know exactly how much more there is after that because it gets to a point where it, it splits into three different paths, basically. And you can take on the bosses in any order you want. And I was going into a place that's called the Demon Ruins. And it's this like this magma-filled volcano area, basically. And I was working towards that. So you're going to beat it now that it's on the Switch, correct? Ideally. I mean, I would really like to. I got about as far as I've gotten two separate times on the PC. And I don't remember why I re-rolled, but I just decided, oh, it's been too long. I want to start again. Oh, yeah. I and know. now it's gotten to the point where after Dark Souls announced for Switch, I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll buy that because, of course, I will. And maybe this will be the time that I actually go through and beat it. So now at this point, I've gotten to, I'm at the Capra Demon, who's a huge pain in the ass every time I've played through uh, to this point. So he's kind of like the first, like really annoyingly difficult boss in the game. And uh, I just, I just haven't played uh, since the beach, really. I, I booted it up yesterday and was dicking around in the dark root uh, basin, the weird cool forest area. But just sort of putting it off and leveling up and picking up whatever items I can while while I'm just sort of, 
you know, poking around the woods. Sure. To be fair, it's funny you say I haven't played since the beach. You got home from the beach yesterday, and then you slept, went to work, woke up, and now we're recording. So, <laughs> it's, like, I haven't played since way back then. Okay. I mean, I've had opportunities, too. I played for, I think, half an hour last night before I went to work, mm. just to see it on the TV and have an experience. Because at the beach, I, the entire time, I was just playing on handheld. Right. Or, you know, on my little stand and using my controller to have a little bit better time with it. Because Dark Souls, there's a lot of, you're walking around a lot, as opposed to running around a lot, or jogging around a lot. Right. Because you want to sneak up on enemies. Dark Souls is basically a horror game. Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways. Makes a lot of sense. I, I played the first... I beat the first boss on in Dark Souls One uh, on PC. Modded it out at your at your behest. I can't remember if I asked you this, but you just did the tutorial boss, or did you get to the the boss after that on the bridge? I don't remember. I just remember a a big round guy with wings. I think. Okay, yeah, that's the tutorial boss. Okay, is that right? He's like a big nutsack dragon. Yeah, that's the asylum demon. Yeah, so that's tutorial boss. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was like, all right. I uh, found the controls to be a little obtuse, and I just, I suck at those kind of games. I don't have the patience for it. Yeah. You it's know? a lot of one-on-one combat and trying to kite enemies into a way that you're only taking them on one at a time. There's a lot of strategy to it as opposed to just being empowered. But at the same time, it's really cool because once you do level up really high and you get like really cool weapons and get kitted out with your dank armors, then oh, when you dude. go back to an earlier area and you just kill everyone with one swing, it's... It makes you feel really powerful, but it makes you feel like you've earned that power. So I, I really appreciate it for that reason. On Twitter the other day, a uh, friend of the podcast, Brennan Dreyer, was asking Dre, you know, how does it run and on Switch? And I find that question sort of redundant at this point because just by nature of the console, I think it's a given that if, if a game's coming to it and it, it's, it's a port or a remaster... It's going to run worse. It's going to look worse, right? Well, the thing is that the original version didn't run very well in specific areas. Okay. Like really badly. Like in an area called Blight Town, you're underground, you're climbing around all these ladders. It would drop down to like 12 frames a second. Oh, wow. Like consistently. On, on all versions? On the 360, at least. I don't know about PS3. Wow. At PC, it was a huge like CPU hog. It was bottlenecked really heavily. So even if you were running a high-end PC, you would still experience frame drops it was just a problem endemic with the game but with this release it's improved to the point where you're running solid 30 the entire game on switch and the switch even has higher resolution than the original dark souls on 360 because that was a a game that was put putting out, i was watching the digital foundry video and they're saying that the original 360 version was putting out at 720 by 1024 so a different uh, aspect yeah ratio so this is a rare instance where a port or a remaster is running better than the original game in almost all ways. And in some cases, even looking better. That's very surprising, but that's cool that they revisited this title and actually put some TLC into it and didn't just say, here's a a shitty, a quick and shitty port, which honestly, when it comes to bigger studios and bigger name studios, if you're getting a port, it's going to be competent. And whether it's competent on day of, or it's competent three months later, like they'll get there. Right. Smaller studios, not so much. There have been some issues with smaller, you know, indie games and certain things running and looking like shit on a Switch. But realistically, again, if it's, you know, Bethesda or um, I'm trying to think of some of the other companies that have been porting games over. But well, it depends on who they they have do the port job. Like, like you said, Bethesda, the Skyrim port was done by not Bethesda. And like the Wolfenstein and Doom ports were done by 
a different company. Bethesda is in charge of the whole operation, and you can trust that a company like that is going to ensure that there is a quality, playable version of their title on any given console. Well, even the Switch version was delayed by like, oh man, it's almost it's been like six months since that came out on PS4 and Xbox. I think that was May. That was like five months ago. No, I mean, it's understandable that it takes time to port these things, but I'm just saying, like, you can trust that you are going to get a quality iteration, right? This is weird because they had it playable, uh, like, as early as June, I think. They had it playable at E3, maybe. I feel like it was playable a long time ago, and we don't know what the what what, what caused the delay, because having it pushed back this far is, like, really annoying, because it seems like... Well, it was announced initially in a direct that the remaster is even happening. So Nintendo got that like marketing deal, but then having that come out last on Switch when really, if you have a PS4 and Xbox One, I, Dark Souls 1 was the only one of the trilogy that you couldn't play on those platforms. I think Xbox One had it in backwards compatibility, but having the remaster is like cool, but it was really Switch owners that were pushing for it because they're hungry for that experience and it hasn't come to a Nintendo platform before. And having a handheld, that's like a really, like, obviously that's like a really cool thing to do for a, a last gen game and having it just up and have like worse lighting effects doesn't make the game a better experience. People have been doing that on PC for years. Right. People were really mad about the PC port of the remaster because of what it ruined from the mod and like it didn't fix anything. It kept all the same old like bugs and hacks that people were doing with the online multiplayer which clearly you can't really do as easily on console, but like a PC, that's a, a problem with the platform, right? So it's just been a really weird kind of scenario with the, the Dark Souls port in particular. But I was glad that it has a constant frame rate. And I actually, I prefer the, uh, if you look at it side by side with like the lighting uh, with the PS4 version versus the Switch version, the PS4 is more bright. There's like more realistic um, lighting effects, but... Right it's a stylistic thing at a point where stylistically the PS4 and Xbox one versions just, they look washed out and weird, especially in like cutscenes. That's certainly an aesthetic thing where, right. Where, you know, and you and I, we've even seen here where I'm a huge fan of, of very specific effects. Like I like the fucking, the God rays, the volumetric lighting, and I want really good anti-aliasing. And, you know, I, I want all these these post processing effects, and I think you know it, at some point it does come down to taste to a degree. But also, I'm a total graphics whore. Like I wanted to, you're you know you're all you're strictly about if the game plays well. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, you want it to look as good as it can. Yeah, like I wouldn't be mad if it looked more like the PS4 version because it's not like I'm playing the game constantly a being it between the old version and the new version. You know, right? It's just. It's just nice that it looks pretty much exactly the same as the 360 version, but just a better resolution and a more consistent frame rate. Yeah, that's and good. The audio compression is really bad, but that's hopefully that'll be patched. Is it really bad or is it bad compared to the alternatives? I, you have a better ear for this kind of thing. You would probably notice it as soon as you heard it. You'd be like, this sounds kind of bad. Okay. But if you didn't have the source file and you listed that and then listen to the new one, if you if you do a b it, it's super noticeable and it's it detracts. But personally, like as I'm playing it, I'm not like ah dang, I wish that sounded better. It's more like occasionally there'll be like a really egregious sound effect. Like uh, if you get a backstab on an enemy, 
you get like the critical hit sound where it just sounds really big and epic, but then it doesn't play the the sound where you pull your sword out of their back. And that's really weird that it just wouldn't have that sound effect. Huh. And then it just sounds really tinny and and like shallow. Is this on uh, have you listened on the switch? Have you listened on headphones? Have you listened on, it's on TV? All. It's on all of it. Okay. So so you've noticed it. Yes. Okay. Because there have been some games where they've had uh, audio issues and sometimes it's noticeable and sometimes I think it's like, okay, like... And it's not as noticeable in handheld because just the speakers are not great on the Switch. I mean, it's, right. it's a handheld, you know? Yeah. But I can only imagine how bad it would sound on like headphones. The only thing I'm not impressed with when it comes to the Switch speakers is the volume. It doesn't get as loud as I want, but I am right. very surprised with, with the quality just given the form factor and the placement and knowing how small, you know, the speaker is inside that unit, like honestly, pretty impressive. Right. It's more than capable, but it's not like you're going to be like using it as your benchmark for the way a game sounds. Like you're going to pop that through some like real speakers if you want to be like, how good does this actually sound? Yeah. And that's always the case with anything handheld. But I would argue that the Switch, and maybe I'm just talking on my ass here and after a couple of whiskeys, but I, I think the Switch might have better sounding speakers than my fucking iPhone 8. Maybe. I don't know. Does the iPhone have two uh, speaker outputs? Sub stereo speakers? Let's see. One speaker on the bottom and then one in the earpiece. That's well, yeah. much shittier. So it yeah, technically has stereo, but it's just not good. It's It doesn't, it gets loud, but. Yeah. I just know there are some Android phones that, like, there's an Android phone for every discipline of, like, what you want out of a phone. There's, there'll be one that focuses specifically on that. And I'm pretty sure I've seen an Android phone that's like, this thing is basically a boom box. That's also a phone. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's really cool. I mean, it's just what a small use case, right? Like I want my, my speakers to be good because how often am I just taking shit and I want to listen to YouTube video and I want it to sound decent, but like the iPhone speakers, I am legitimately unimpressed with. And my last unit, I had, a, I had a phone last year an iPhone eight plus that was all crackly and shitty. And I don't know what happened. I was like, this is awful. And then I upgraded to the same phone, just a bigger size. Uh, bigger capacity a few months back and out of the gate no crackle sounded a lot better but once you blast the thing it's just there's no I mean there's no definition in any of what you're listening to it's just yeah. um, a mess and I'm so, sure a lot of that has to do with the housing too and how it's acoustically designed right not that the switch is really acoustically designed but I feel like most phones the speakers like pointing down away from it yeah whereas the switch it seems like it's it's pointing forward it's just a, a design flaw in any small form factor handheld device, right? But but again, I, I think it's it's competent. just physics, you know. It's all science, brother. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's no, that's good. I'm glad that it's a competent point. There's no controversy outside of the sound thing. There's no, you know, it, there's no warning post on Reddit saying stay away from this game. Yeah, and like the the second other big thing is that the button mapping is the same as it is on. Uh, xbox and ps4 where the confirm button is the bottom button and the back button is the right button so pretty standard for like those platforms but with switch like on a system level a is confirm which is the right button and b is like back which is the bottom button right so it's switched around which when you're doing a character creator and you press b to start inputting your name and then if you press b again it backs out it's kind of frustrating but beyond that it's not a big deal. It's just do something you have to get, you have to like train yourself to get used to. It's frustrating, you know, in, in some ways it's like, all right, people who are playing this game are used to playing it on different platforms. So 
in their minds, it's like the bottom button is the A and the right button is B. Uh, but there's something, and I don't know how to how to explain it. I don't get it because it's the same way with with someone like me who uses a PC at home and now a PC at work. We just switched to PCs for our editing rigs, but I, my computer is a MacBook, so it's just ingrained in me that when I'm on a PC, you know, control. I, I know where my control is. I know what my hot buttons are, and when I jump to my Mac, I just know where to put my finger. And it's not like I don't have to think about it. I just know based on what I'm touching, where what my hand placement has to be, and what my shortcuts are. I, I rarely ever mess that up. Same with consoles. When I have my Switch controller, I just it's just, all right, I'm playing Switch. I don't think about it. I just, the right button's my A button, and the bottom button's the B button. Took a while for you to get used to that, though. I mean, like maybe at one point in my life, but I feel like it's just so rarely been an issue for me. It's just, it's just inherent to like all right i'm on a nintendo platform it's it's just a common thing that i've heard people talk about and i figured that it was you that was like a on the right is weird but like it isn't for nintendo i mean it's not for nintendo because that's how it's always been yeah Um, i mean not that i haven't had the problem i've had the problem occasionally but i just mean like more often than not i haven't played my switch in three months and i pick up the switch i just automatically hit that right button whereas i'll be playing playstation for months and it's like i never ever ever make the mistake of hitting was that circle? And like, I just never, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just this uh, subconscious thing. That's like the only thing. And that's, uh, it's kind of frustrating also in addition because you can, you can customize your controls for like the actual gameplay, but not for the way you interact with the menus. Right. So just a total minor complaint that in the long run is like not really that big of a deal, but it's something that I hope they could add to it's i think it's just a low priority thing i would much rather have the uh a fixed audio patch or like a optional patch for that if people are really you know stressing about the this the the data on their switch or whatever because the game is only it's under four gigabytes which has the same file size as the old 360 version but right for some reason they couldn't get the audio to fit as well i guess well Nick, this has been sort of a meandering podcast. We've just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of off the rails, off the trails, but that should chat about water bottles, right? Hey, I'm not complaining. You're um, probably going to cut a lot of that. Up, honestly, no, I'm just going to cut out the fucking ums and ahs and the fucking pauses and the sneezes, but I'm going to keep it all. Fuck it. I, I warned them at the beginning. This is a casual, this is the casual crusade podcast. Nice bet, dude. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. What do you think of the episode of this title? Uh, name of this. You know what I'm fucking saying? Fuck me in the okay, ass. Okay. Wait, what was that? <laughs> Let's try that again from the top. <laughs> the episode of this title. <laughs> I did it again. Uh, the title of this episode is going to be the casual crusade podcast. Anyway, two things here, right, Nick. You're going to call it the episode of this title. <laughs> oh, the episode of this title. Fuck, dude. This is the whiskey. All right. I'm trying to enunciate, try not to slur. I haven't had that much, but apparently it's enough to addle my fucking brain here. Two things hey man, here. I mean, I'm just teasing you because I can't even say the name of our Twitter handle, so. I know. I can't wait for that bit. I nailed that bit now, dude. I got down the back you're, of my fucking you're hand. You're a pro. You're a regular pro, dude. You know, dude. Regular pro, I can dude. fucking shill for our, our podcast. Um, okay. One bit of news and then listener mail before we close this podcast out, okay? Uh, as far as game news goes, there have been a few things, but we don't really care. The one I care about is Spider-Man just released an update in anticipation of the DLC that's going to be dropping next week? Holy shit, tomorrow? Oh my god, what? Yeah, the the first uh, bit of the DLC is tomorrow. The Black Cat missions or something. 
So, <laughs> it's, all right. So tomorrow we're recording this podcast on ten twenty two Monday. So tomorrow Tuesday, this podcast release gets Wednesday. So yesterday, this DLC will come out. Yes, time uh, travel. Woo. My internet's not working. I'm trying to bring up this fucking news article right now. But you're talking about the the patch with the new game plus and additional difficulty mode, and they added some stickers for your uh, photo mode if you're so inclined to be artistically endeavored sure yeah so they release a patch that introduces new game plus an ultimate difficulty level so now we've got friendly uh amazing and spectacular there you go and now we have <laughs> ultimate spider-man um which it's such an obvious bit for the difficulty tiers it's R- cute i like but it's it. cute yeah exactly i love it it's like that's like it's it's perfect is what it is it's just it's such a subtle little thing and when you think about it there have been so many iterations of, of the spider-man comics like that is a match made in heaven there it's perfect it's it's wonderful i love it and ultimate's like the most logical progression ultimate literally means final so there you go fingers crossed this is the fucking final final um because i thought the, i mean i played on easy i thought normal was fine wait easy easy or easy you played on uh, amazing right I played on the, the lowest difficulty. You played on friendly? Yeah. You baby. Well, here's the thing. I played on normal for a bit, and it it quickly became apparent to me that enemy AI wasn't necessarily any better. It, it wasn't... It was just the numbers were bigger, and it took a lot longer to kill somebody. And that's just... I'm like, I don't need that. That's irritating. So I can't imagine playing it on, on Spectacular, let alone Ultimate. Yeah, you're probably just fighting a bunch of sponges, and your fists are made of paper. Yeah, it's like, that's not fun to me. And so I do want to play New Game Plus with all my powers, with my costumes and and everything. I do want to do that just to like be very linear and play through the entire story back to back to back. Right, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. Get Elon through it story. And, and experience that again because I love the game. And I just, I've been needing a reason to kind of jump back in. I just want to swing around and do some stuff. The DLC comes out tomorrow. That's great. So tomorrow, that's what I'll be doing. For exactly uh, two and a half days. I mean, you know. Until you download Red Dead. Or are you going to buy well, a physical? I am not buying Red Dead until I beat God of War. And God of War, mm. I hope to beat before November. Like, it's my goal because, like, I, I'm on You totally s- can. I mean, if you dedicate, like, a few hours a night, you totally can. I know I can. It's just a matter of actually doing it. And my thing is, is, like, I finally quit. Like, I'm not going to platinum that game. Oh, no. That's not a game that you w- would want to platinum. No, I imagine it's Especially not. if you don't like the combat. Yeah. I, I Initially, I was all, like, excited. Like, oh, platinum. Like, I'm going to start fucking trophy hunting and just platinum all these i want to go back to horizon and like no it's that was that was a, a flash in the pan like my collector's mentality took over no i platinum spider-man because i love the game and it was easy and fun and whatever i'm not platinum god of war i'm not going back to horizon i'm not going to platinum fucking red dead redemption not going to happen oh, God, but no <laughs> but God of War, I, I, the reason I'm playing the game is because of the story, because of the characters. So I'm just going to mainline it. I'm going to gold path that shit. I'm going to leave all the collectibles for somebody else. It's not for me. I'm just going to get through the story and, and, you know, wrap that up before I jump into another big experience. However, that endeavor will be delayed because Spider-Man comes out this week. So uh, hopefully that first bit of DLC, hopefully all three of these DLC packs are... It's not just like one mission. And I think about the missions in that game, like the side missions. Like, I hope it's not that. I hope it's a meaty, like a good like a six, chapter. Yeah. Like a, like a good, I want like a six or eight hour, like, and that's probably asking way too much, honestly. Probably, especially if it's split out into three different parts. I would probably guess that's closer to like a three or four hour kind of experience. Probably a little bit of wiggle room based on 
how well you do, how challenging it is. Like, is this post game difficulty content or is it more of a story or like, what is it? Like, I don't even know. Exactly I'm hoping what it's it more of a story. I saw a um, review or a preview uh, pop up on Destructoid. So I didn't look at that, but Ooh. if you wanted to check that out, that might be up your alley. I'm going to peep it. I'm going to peep it. Uh, they also they did a few other things with the patch. They upped the health cap to 250, I believe. Uh, fixed a few bugs. Uh, and like you said, they added stickers for the photo mode. One of which is the puddles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is, that's great. I now love you can be an aspiring game developer and fix the problems in Spider-Man. Right, right. Yeah, I, I love that team uh, over at Insomniac. They're great. great I watched fun. several interviews with the director of the game. Uh, Brian Intahar. He, I mean, the guy is such a bro. He's just a really, yeah. he's high strung, right? Which I totally relate to. He's a creative type, definitely. Right, but he, but not in like a, he's not a pretentious. Oh no, not like, not like artsy fartsy. I just right. mean like, he's just one of those like high energy dudes that you could, yeah. you'd see like, oh, is he an actor or a director? Like, what is he? He's like, he's got all these ideas and he just wants to do them all. Yeah. You could definitely tell he was like, he's like one of us who worked his way up and now he's he's the director of this huge video game and it's it, it's very interesting i can really relate to the guy where sometimes you watch interviews with these guys or like someone like me who who's you know does film and, and whatnot and i watch interviews with directors and it's like i relate to actors directors any of those people like zero percent right i watch even like the guys i love the most i, I just watched one with taika Waititi who did you know um what we do in the shadows and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Well, yeah. Th- Thor being the most recent one, but yeah, he did, um, fuck Eagle versus shark. Oh yeah. Cause he's like, he's buddies with the flight of the Concords dudes. Yeah. yeah. That's a very small country. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. All the famous people. It's just an Island. They, they actually live together. <laughs> the commune. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but even with him, it's like, he's, he's hilarious and adorable and I think brilliant. And I like his work quite a bit. And, but like even listening to him talk, I'm like, I just don't relate to any of these people. Again, going back to this guy, um, he directed Spider-Man. I just, I listen to him talk. I'm like, man, that's like, I just feel like if that was me, like I totally get this guy, like on every level, like his neuroticism and his anxiety and his passion and his, his energy. And he's a funny fucking guy. I watched this rapid fire Q and a with him and he's fucking funny. And dude, seriously, uh, props to game informer. Those features are really cool. Yeah. I don't know if you watched the one with, uh, uh, the dude from dreams, but they just asked like a million different questions to that guy. And that was a very entertaining kind of interview sort of uh, format, I guess you would say. I have not watched that specific one, but but yeah, I agree. Uh, shouts out. Shouts out. Props where props are due. Golf clap. My guy. Oh, the there we go. Golf snap. <laughs> Fucking jazz hands. Like a beat poet. Uh, so anyway, Spider-Man. Great. We'll update you on that next week. We never really did a proper review of Spider-Man. We drunkenly rambled about it, but uh, that is as comprehensive of a review that we will ever do which sucks because we did a pretty comprehensive review with with dre when he was down here and it was lost yeah and will never be recovered so yeah and even then that wasn't very comprehensive because neither of you had beaten the game yet it was just a a very comprehensive list of the way you felt tooth like a third of the way through the game yeah fair fair anyway last thing i want to i want to get to here unless you have anything you want to talk about specifically no i mean you would chat about Mario, I still just need to bug you about playing Golden Sun, but now you're going to be distracted by three like huge AAA games on your PS4. I know, I know. Hey, for the uh, next like until Smash Bros comes out, you're 
you're booked. So Ooh. I can't imagine you even playing Golden Sun. Thank you for We're reminding six weeks me. out from Smash Bros. By the way, dog. I completely help, helpful reminder. <laughs> I completely forgot to request time off for that. I have a. I just you better do it like now. I just requested time off for the beach trip, and then one day for a concert. Um, I really need to work out my schedule because I I want to take the week before Christmas off, and just yeah. have like nine days. I'll probably be I'll be doing that also, and then the week. Uh, between Christmas and New Year's, I usually take off because that's like three days with the way my work schedule works out. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to, I, I don't know what my company gives as far as days off. So I have to figure that out this week and figure out that week. But I want to take the Friday off so that I can come up and do the whole Smash Bros thing and just like midnight release. Hell yeah. I need you with me at Best Buy. We need to come you know, roll roll deep and pick that up together. Dude. Like, I mean, we did that last time, I'm probably right? going to cancel my pre-order for the Smash Bros. controller. I don't know if I really need that, the pro controller. Here's the thing. If it goes back up on Best Buy, you should cancel your pre-order across the board, and you should order the Steelbook limited edition with the controller with the discount. It's like 100 bucks. Yeah, I worked it out. I'm, I don't think it's uh, any cheaper. Doc, I'm getting a game and the controller for 100 bucks. The controller's 70 bucks. I'm going to need a uh, fact check on that because I don't... I don't know. I mean, I'm going to pull up right now for you. Yeah, do it live because I really, I, I also, I don't want the steel book. I don't, I don't need that. But it's just like you're getting a $60 game and a $70 controller for a hundred bucks. Like there's, it's just value. Or I could spend just 48 bucks and not get the controller if I don't want the controller, you know? I guess if you don't, if you really don't want the controller, but it, I'm torn. In my know? estimation, it was like a money thing, all right? It's a value proposition. Like, do I'm I really. For that, for that good plus, that plus sign, you know what I'm saying? The Smash Bros. Plus. <laughs> I mean, it's a beautiful controller with the black and white. Like, that's totally your aesthetic. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I would I would like it and I would use it. It's just, how many controllers do I need? Well, you have one pro controller? Yes. It doesn't hurt to have two pro controllers, brother. I don't know but my fucking the best SNES, Like the 8-Bit SNES pro controller. And that's functionally identical to a pro controller. I just can't turn the console on with it. Which, honestly, why don't they do that? Why can't you just do that? That's a really good question. Bums me out. I mean, you can't even turn your console on with your pro controller. For some reason, dude, I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't, I don't know my, my best buy password. How do I do this every time where I forget my fucking password? You gotta try one of your five passwords that you rotate through that just have different numbers at the end. I got an alert one day saying that my order is ready for pickup. And I said, uh, listen, I know I pick up or I order something every week, but (laughs) I already picked my order up this week. I don't know what. And I go and look and someone had ordered like a fucking thousand dollars worth of camera gear. And I was like. That's also weird because under normal circumstances, that would be I me. I would do that too. <laughs> but it was some fucking Asian ass dude. Like, are you sure you weren't just like really drunk and you like 100% positive yourself? 100% positive. It was, it was some very Chinese person in California uh, picking it up in California. And so I went in, canceled the order, changed my password. Called the cops. Well, you know, if I was smart, <laughs> I would have not canceled the order. Called the Best Buy, warned them, called the cops and said, this guy is trying to rob identity theft slash rob like robbery. I would have been like, he's trying to rob Best Buy. Hurry up and go to there (laughs) and and really would let the guy get fucked over. But inside it, whatever it was, I canceled it, changed everything. Fuck that guy. So I don't know my password anymore. Well, that's what you get for uh, logging into Best Buy dot CHI. I'm resetting my fucking password again. (laughs) Email verification. Use my Google account. Sure, that's fucking fine. This is riveting. This is riveting content, fellas. My passwords match. Great. Okay, Smash Bros. Steelbook. So the bundle was uh, the bundle's one thirty, isn't it? The bundle default with the Steelbook and the Pro Controller 
and the Nintendo Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Collector Coin, Antique Silver. Oh, finally. Is one thirty nine ninety nine. Okay. Okay, so and I I am getting it for one oh one ninety nine. Are you sure it's not because you applied um mm. uh it would have been one eleven credit? I had a ten dollar uh reward certificate. Yeah, one twelve. I mean, if you think about it, that's like that's cheaper than a pro controller and the game because you're getting the discount on the hardware and you don't usually get a discount on hardware. Which is weird. I figured that a bundle wouldn't be able to discount fully either, but because it has the game included, it, I mean, I don't know if that was an oversight on their part or if it's just, well, the game's included. It's not a console. It might be because I don't think they apply that for like special edition, like super special editions that come with like the maps and they got the big box. But it could be completely Oh yeah, wrong. no, they totally do. Yep. Got my, my Fire Emblem special edition. Yeah, no wonder they're canceling that program. They must have been bleeding money from that. No, honestly though. I mean, yeah, that was... Those things are packed full of crap so they can charge you a bunch and actually have a decent overhead on there. I, got, I think I have both my Fire Emblem Special Editions. Um, one for, well, I guess both games I haven't played. <laughs> the last two Fire Emblem games I haven't played. Oh, yeah, Conquest and whatever. Uh, dude, honestly, Awakening was such a, a, an awakening for me, Nick. Oh, I, I, I just, I was trying to find it. I was it. waiting for you to jump on that one. <laughs> I, I was trying to wait for it. I was like, ah, good descriptor. No, it's like, honestly, it was just like, it opened my eyes, man. It was such a, a revelatory experience. Wait, wasn't the one after that Fire Emblem Revelations? Was that, was that part of the whole... Was, like, honestly, wasn't that? Yeah, my bad. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Um, I had such a good time with it, and I, I played through it once, and I played through it again and, like, min-maxed it and did, like, the optimal route. I just, I loved the game so much. Like, going into a game that looked just like it and sounded just like it and smelled just like it, you know... Mm-hmm. It really felt more derivative than anything, and it was hard for me to get into... So maybe with enough space, I can go back to it and, and appreciate it for what it is. Nah, dog, just let it die. Just wait till the next fire emblem. It should be coming out in spring. Dude, fingers crossed. We actually, we don't get a delay, but here we go, Nick. Last bit before we, uh, before we call it quits, we have some listener mail from our homeboy, Leaf Jaden. And where did he uh, send that listener mail to? So you can reach us at feedback at console of course, if you want to tweet at us, it's uh, at console underscore crusade. You can find Nick at Press Till Death. I am at eJiggle. Please. You know, we're not begging for reviews here. We're not begging for stars. All right, my guys. We're just little engagement. Although, I mean, if you want to give me a star, I'll take, you know, star mans, get that infinite life. Take like a, take any kind of star. Stars are cool. Any kind of stars. Mail me a sticker. I won't give you my address, but... uh. Oh, maybe I'll get a PO box. <laughs> yeah, right. Now you you can leave us a review, and that would be that would be infinitely helpful and, and and great for our egos. But we're more concerned with engagement than you know the console crusade install base. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so so chat with us. Hit us up on social media. Send us an email. We will read your email on the pod or your tweet on the pod, and we'll you know have a laugh, talk some shit. So this one from Leaf who's responding, of course, to the last podcast. He said, hey, Console Crusade, love the pod. I especially like your recent segments in your podcast in which you guys act out of sketch or two. Like when you two pretended that you kept disconnecting from the internet and edited the voices to sound like you were calling one another. It started to feel a little too played up because of how long the bit went for, but kudos for trying to make it seem as realistic as possible to bring the audience in. All right, that's the first paragraph. Let me just say, that was not a bit. (laughs) That was as real as could possibly be. Where the internet would cut out and we actually called each other on speakerphone. Yep. It was a bad time. 
I was I was not happy. However, <laughs> however, no. First off, however, I think that first paragraph that Leaf typed out that was a bit. Yeah, he's trying to just be a piece of he's shit. Trying to get your goat. He's trying to get my goat. I will say, as far as the there is an element to that experience, Nick, on the last podcast that was a little. It was a bit because you were still recording your audio. So technically, I did have your clean audio throughout the whole th- the whole thing and and both of our phone uh, audios because I, I put you on speakerphone too right so the raw audio which I, I still have it's a total mess because you hear both of us talking but then both of us uh, both of us echoing on speakerphone at each other's mics it's a fucking mess so it took a lot a of editing audio nightmare yeah but that's, that's as real as can be and I cut out quite a bit of the the speakerphone conversation I just cut the parts in that were maybe a little bit a little bit entertaining for me I mean, not to mention, I think that, I mean, we recorded probably like an hour and a half and you trimmed that down to like an hour because of how much, how long it was taking for me to like reset my modem and for yeah. it to like reconnect for me and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, um, that's as raw as it gets, brother, just about, but anyway, he goes on to say, I'd like to suggest that for your next story driven segment, you make the characters EJ and Nick fall in love. I definitely ship those two the most. <laughs> I have written extensive fan fictions of this. If you need something to reference to, <laughs> In one of them, I wrote how these two loved each other so passionately that they broke up their current relationships for each other. In in quote or in uh, parentheses, EJ leaving his girl and Nick leaving his nihilism. <laughs> Anyways, keep up the great work. Send for my email. <laughs> yeah, that little boomer signature at the end of his <laughs> email. Uh, I I like to think that Leaf's signature is not sent for my email, and he typed that out to add to. I the- like that too. <laughs> that's my that's, that's my, my head, head cannon. cannon that's my sh- that's i shipped that <laughs> that's fucking funny so anyway that's great leaf thanks for writing that in yeah go ahead and uh if, if you have your own erotic friend fiction of ej and nick <laughs> go ahead and send that to feedback at console crusade.com uh it's like a fucking reading i don't want bit. i don't want your 280 character you know trimmed down cliff notes friend fiction i need i need depth all right right we're trying to we're trying this is I the down arcs. and dirty right exactly oh that's good nick that's good well, thanks for thanks for just like I said, meandering with me. This was a yeah slow week. Pretty much only thing of consequence was just more people talking about Red Dead. Black Ops came out. Yeah, there was play Call of Duty. So no, uh, you know. <laughs> hey man, the newest commercial for that game was enticing. Isn't the right word? I was not enticed by it, but I was impressed by it. it wasn't enough that I would be like, I'm going to go play that fucking game. But I was like, oh yeah, that looks like a, a well-rounded experience. Did you uh, nab Black Ops 3 when that was uh, free on PS Plus? No, man. I haven't nabbed a PS fucking Plus game in so long. Mm. I missed all the good ones three years ago, and it really hasn't been much since. I think you could do it from the uh, the mobile app. I wish they would just auto-flag it for me. Like, it's just... Come well, on. Yeah, I, but they want your engagement. That's what it's... That's the purpose of the, the free game, is to get you to look at the, the games. Can I tell you, though? I'd be a lot more engaged if they told me every time I turn my PlayStation on that there are new PS Plus games. Click here to go to the store. I, I don't think about it. So months will go by and I'm like, oh, I should go flag those games. And I, I might flag a few and then I miss a ton. And then I, I read, oh, last month's games were such and such. And I was like, fuck, I missed it. Like, if I you feel like ping me, I'll fucking go to your store and I'll click on whatever you want. But I think I've seen it on my front page before. I definitely know they, they pimp it out on the store if you open up the store. But that's not like no, what I don't you use do every store. time you turn your console on. So if they would send me a that. notification... My PlayStation gets used every day for either Netflix or games or Blu-rays or whatever. If I get notified, or even on my phone, I've got the mobile app, 
ping me. I'll fucking go do it. I'll go take a look at your sales and whatever. But you got to remind me. Right. You know? And there were very, very few PS Plus games that I actually play. I think uh, Super Meat Boy is one I've played quite a bit. Transistor, um, I almost beat before I just stopped playing it. So yeah, it's like, you know, let me know and I'll, I'll happily engage. But I, I, I don't have it's the funny, fucking... It's the, funny, the two games you gave me ended up being PS Plus games, so I don't even need the discs anymore. <laughs> Bloodborne and Ratchet and Clank? Yep. Uh, I do want my Ratchet and Clank back. You can keep the Bloodborne, but I uh, eventually want to actually beat Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, I mean, just uh, remind me and I'll throw that back at you. Yeah. Well, I'm back uh, I'm back in Portland this weekend. So Saturday Ooh. night, maybe we do a little in-person podcast. How you feel about that? I could do that, I think. Uh, if, check if, your if we schedule. have anything to talk about by then, I mean, you plan on playing the Spider-Man DLC, I guess, and then maybe you'll get around to more God of War. You're probably not going to touch Golden Sun. That's a that's a lost cause. I, I know for no, a fact you're no. not going to play Golden Sun. I made a promise, and I follow through on my promises. So we will be doing a Golden Sun podcast, whether that's next month or next year. I don't know, but we will be doing it. I promise you. Really, uh Really opened up that door. Before the <laughs> end of the year, Nick. Nick, before the end of the year, we will do a podcast in which we discuss Golden Sun, and I will have played it. How's that? I just don't want you to make, you know, I don't want you to, to say things that you can't take back. Nick. All right. I'm giving you an out right now. I mean, I'm saying, I know how you do. I know you do what you do, and the way you do is probably not going to be playing Golden Sun. Okay, worst case scenario is I, I, I say end of year. So what happens is the week before Christmas, I take off from work and you take off from work and I come to your house. I sit on your bed and I play it while you play switch and it's going to happen. But one way or the other, it's going to happen. I like your attitude. Boom. I hope it happens. Bazinga. Cool. This has been the Constant Crusade Podcast. Like I said, you can find us on social media. Please do it. I'm trying to think of a good way to do a spooky kachow to get people to tune in to our Halloween episode next week. <laughs> Ooh, kachow.